Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa, who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear. Adam's podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Look, they're here. Now it's showtime, and we have a great show for you again this week. My guest in the ADD interview is a sports reporter that you know from the NFL Network, CBS Sports. He now writes for the Washington Post, and his name is Jason Lockenfora. And we want to welcome everyone from our Talk to Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week. It happens at 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. You go to my website, click the link, join our conversation. We would love to have you there. And our super fan shout-out is for Aussie Paul from Boston. Say hi to Aussie Paul, everybody. Hello, Aussie. Hey, Aussie Paul from Boston. How you doing, man? There you go. Well, he's from Australia. So his name's Paul, but he, whenever he sends an email, he's it's Aussie Paul, Aussie but Paul. he lives in Boston. There's a lot going on in his world. All right. G'day, Aussie Paul from see, Boston. See, that's what I was trying to avoid, the g'day shit. I knew if I told him. <laughs> I like it. All right. <laughs> Uh, and, and Paul, Phil says hello, too. He is still adrift. And, uh, and, 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 and my mother says hello. Hi, guys. It's Mama Ferrara. Aww. I just want to say hello and hope all is well with you guys. Isn't that nice? Checking in. Checking in, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I called my mother. I had to make a butterfly call. Did I ever tell you guys what a butterfly call is? No. My mother thinks that my father uh, is a butterfly. Come, I'm, I'm sorry, come again? Yeah. When my pop passed away, she thinks that he came back as a butterfly. Adam, uh, what? that he came back as a butterfly or butterflies remind her no, of No, she thinks that's Joe. She goes, that's Joe. <laughs> Don't step on him. Yeah, I'll, I'll play the story. Hey, here's what you need to know. My, my sister-in-law's name is Allah, and her mother is named Lucy, and this this is what happened. This is, this is why my mother thinks that. Okay. After Daddy died, I was at Allah's house, and I went from the kitchen. It was like a hall, and then there was a bedroom there. So I walked from the kitchen down the hall into the bedroom. There was a butterfly in the bedroom. Lucy said, and that's, she said, that's Joe. 
Okay? So that brings my mother comfort that she, you know, that's Joe. So now every time she thinks that's my fault. So I had to make a, I make a butterfly call when it's winter on Long Island because she can't see any butterflies. And I tell her, Mom, in California, they're all over the place, Ma. I think Pop oh. wants to tell you he loves you. So I make a, I, I make, call him the butterfly calls and make her happy. Yeah, so that's, that's lovely. Well, yeah. you know what? You're a good boy. Thank you. Adam, do you believe that Pop is a butterfly? No. No, I don't believe my father's a butterfly at all. I, I even told my mother that. Yeah, listen. I don't think Pop's a butterfly because Pop didn't like change. I think, if anything, Pop's an angry caterpillar. <laughs> I'm not crawling into any cocoon. I ain't changing. Get out of here with your pupa stage and your chrysalis crap. <laughs> I'm going to stay on this tree and eat this leaf. Yeah. That's my fault. Yeah. Did you see my fault? No, you'll change into a butterfly. You'll be free. Ain't nothing free in this world. Go tell your story walking. I'll kick you in the ass with one of these legs. <laughs> well, it is interesting that butterflies do represent transformation. They do? Mm-hmm. Or change. You know where I learned that? Silence of the Lambs. That's where I learned that. <laughs> Taught me a lot of life lessons, that movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna visit anyone who's got a well in their basement. I'm not. <laughs> That's the chief lesson. Nope. Anybody has a dog named Precious, keep an eye on it. I'm not right? going anywhere <laughs> near that joint. <laughs> and if someone serves you fava beans and a nice red Chianti, just leave. Yeah, I'm okay? out of here. So yeah, so my mother, you know, I, my father wouldn't come back as a but. He come. I come back as an eagle. I think. And he would fly over people's house that wronged him and shit on their heads. I think that's what he would do. <laughs> He said it, Joe, not me. Yeah. So, what would you come back as? I wouldn't come back. You like no. I ain't coming back. <laughs> done. I I'm ain't done. coming back. I, I, I think there's a better place. That's what I think. Good. That's my thinking. Good. So I would invite everybody else there. So do I. Don't invite everybody else because there's assholes here. I don't want assholes in the next place either. Well, yeah, I guess you have to prove yourself to be yeah, there. Yeah. Stern, what about exactly. you? I would come back as like a snow leopard because I love cats. Mm -hmm. And I think a snow leopard is pretty cool. And they're, they, everyone leaves them alone. Like They're just out in like the mountains just, you know, doing their own thing. Too so cold. I, I, too cold. Well, cold. But you got a fur coat. You know, you're, you're, mm. kind of, you're, you're built for it. Mm. What, about you? what about you? I'm not coming. I, I agree with you. I'm not coming back enough. <laughs> See, my, my, my mother even says, you know, God's preparing you for the next life. And I kept thinking, there's another one? I, <laughs> I can't do this shit again. This one's killing me. <laughs> this one's killing me, too. I know. There's just so much pain in the world. Oh, God. Hate it. Anyway, this is why my mother wants to come back. Oh, if I have to come back to somebody, I want to come back as a flower. Okay. Mm. I would want to be a gardenia because that's one of my favorite flowers. They, they smell beautiful. Gardenias don't smell beautiful after they eat eggs. Oh, Adam, stop with the bullshit. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense, Adam. Gardenia fart. What? Gardenia Sorry. fart. What is that? If a gardenia farts, it doesn't smell nice after it eats eggs. It smells like gardenia egg fart. Nobody wants to smell that. <laughs> I oh my goodness! I didn't realize gardenias ate a lot of eggs. Oh sure, they eat eggs. They beg God when they have lentil soup, they're a mess. <laughs> oh, Adam, stop with the bullshit. Okay, <laughs> I'm with your mom, <laughs> Mama Ferrara, coming yeah. through. Yeah, I don't want to come back. I don't want to come back. I, and and, and I, I think I might have said this before. I'm going first, honey, because I don't want to know life without you. And I'm straightening out all those ex boyfriends. Think they're gonna have another shot at you when you get up there. That's we're done. <laughs> 
The other night, say my prayers. I told Pop, Pop, straighten everything out before I get there. Because I, I don't want to cause a scene in heaven, but I'm, I'm going to smack somebody around if, 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 if any of these guys try that crap. So we all believe that there is a point to this light. Yeah, I just haven't figured it out. Here's what happens. <laughs> I, th I think right before you die, you see the light, and you go, that's the answer, and then you're dead, so you can't tell other people. <laughs> well, there yes. are people who come back, and there's books about it. Yeah. That's very interesting. So they kind of see the same thing. What do they see? They see... They see uh, golden arches. Everyone dies and goes to McDonald's. <laughs> exactly. Would you like to supersize it? Of course you yeah. would. You're in heaven. Let's go. Well, I believe more than likely they see themselves down below. Mm -hmm. They're above themselves. Right. And they see a light. They mm -hmm. all see a light. Right. And they have a choice. Right. Like to go or come back. That's, I, I think that's kind of the theme. That's the theme? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I believe also some people see their loved ones that have moved on. Mm -hmm. If that happens, I'm going to die. I'm going to see my father. He's going to be like, what did I tell you? It's the first words out of his mouth. <laughs> you died with the garbage cans in the street. That's what you did. <laughs> yes, that will matter. What did I tell you? Bring them in when you see them. Not I'll do it later. <laughs> now you're dead. You happy? <laughs> Your mother's up here smelling like gardenia fart and you don't listen. Welcome to heaven. <laughs> Hey, Dad. <laughs> what kind of car would you drive well, in heaven? A 57 Starfire Olds that never runs out of gas. That's what he would have. <laughs> Sounds good to and me. And the top always works because he had a convertible. The top never worked. The top always works. It never runs out of gas. We definitely like need it. that here. Yeah. And, honey, you know, I wish, I wish I was selfless enough to say, look, if I die, remarry. Don't. Don't. <laughs> Don't remarry. I'll go first, and then I'll, I'll make sure you can still – I'll still be here. What will you be? A butterfly? Do I got to be a friggin' butterfly? <laughs> right, if, if you... I'm just saying that you better warn me. I don't want to swat it away. That, that, that'd be my. I'll come back as a gypsy moth. <laughs> she'll find a hole in a sweater, and then you know she, she'll just hit me with a broom. You watch. Oh, I, I might get mad. Yeah. Yeah. See. <laughs> yeah. You better. You better let me know. Yeah, Give me a heads up. I will. This was my mother's conversation about this topic. I said to your father. I said, you know, Joe, if anything ever happens to me. I want you to find someone in your life, okay? Mm. I don't want you to be alone. He says to me, you think I'm going through another mother-in-law? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was my mom. So she, 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 she has a bigger heart than me. I don't want to share you at all. You're mine, and that's it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so I was talking to Jason Locke and Four. I will tell you what change I want. I want, mm -hmm. I want a regulated roughing the passer call. Oh. Because just yesterday, they didn't call one on Burrow yesterday. Yeah. Cost me a parlay. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> like the Pirates of the Caribbean. No, not, not that parlay. <laughs> not that. Not that. This one's important, honey. Okay? <laughs> but I really enjoyed uh, talking to Jace. It was really cool because I, I, I read him and I listen to him a lot on the Kornheiser show. So it was really great that... Uh, Stern put it together, and I could talk to him. So you guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. What are the barriers to change? Often it's fear of either failure or fear of success, or it can be simply be fear of the unknown. If it's fear of the unknown that you realize you're actually scared, you, you don't know what lies ahead. You're afraid that you may not succeed, but you're afraid of what could be lying ahead. God's preparing you for the next life. There's another one? I, <laughs> I can't do this shit again. This one's killing me. 
You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 Minutes You'll Never Get Back. Does this look infected? The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Stand updates. Get your stand updates. Uh, February 2nd through February 4th, I will be at the Comedy Cabin in Janesville, Wisconsin. February 9th through February 11th, I will be at Helium in Indianapolis. February 17th and 18th, I will be at Uncle Vinny's in Point Pleasant, New Jersey. February 24th and 25th, I will be on Strong Island. Governor's my old stomping ground. Come and see me there. March 1st and 2nd, I will be at Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida. And March 10th, 10th and 11th, I will be at Bananas Comedy Club in Rutherford, New Jersey. There's a link for tickets right here in the show notes, or you can go to my website and click the link there. And as always, you know I want to shake your hand and thank you for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast. So I hope to see you at these gigs. All right? All right. Go on. Get out of here. Pay attention when I'm talking to you, boy. ADHD. It's not just for kids. Nice boy, but doesn't listen to a word you say. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a sports writer, radio host, sports television analyst, and podcaster. He was a regular on CBS's pregame show as well as the NFL Network. You can read his work in the Washington Post. You can hear him every day from 2 to 6 on 105.7 The Fan. And, of course, you can hear him on the Tony Kornheiser Show. He has a dog named Coppa. We both lost on a Dak Prescott prop bet last week, and I laugh every time he does his Baltimore accent. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Jason Lockenfora. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How are you? I, First I come all, to you here from my uh, 2012 Mazda CX-9. So <laughs> it is what it is, man. We're, 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 we got to get another six to nine months out of this banger. So I hear you. Thank you so much for doing it. And uh, I just want to tell the audience, Jason's in his car in his driveway right now because the dogs are Well, barking. I'm around the corner. I did get out of the driveway. I had a 
they had to leave so I could get out of the driveway. And I'm I'm around the corner. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, all good. Uh, and I laugh every time you do your Baltimore accent. I laugh. Listen, hon, we gonna go down in the corner. <laughs> we gonna get some natty foods, and then we gonna eat crabs all night, man. Cause that's what we do around here, hon. <laughs> it just makes me yeah. laugh. Now you, here's, here's, here's what I didn't understand: is you started out as a Red Sox fan, and now you're an Orioles fan. We are you from Baltimore or, or I'm from Baltimore? I was. I mean, I've, I've always. Rooted for the O's. I mean, I went to the 83 World Series. I mean, I was an mm. Orioles fan. Then I, I started to have this Ted Williams fixation. I kind of became obsessed with Ted Williams. Right. Read all I could read about Ted Williams. Watched all I could watch about Ted Williams. And then that kind of led me to definitely supporting the Red Sox for a portion of my life. Um, not that I, like, I, I would go to Orioles games, you know what I mean? I would, like, root for the O's, too. But, like, the Red Sox were definitely my team mm-hmm. for a period of my life. And then I reached a point where we were having kids, you know what I mean? And we're in yeah. this area. And I'm like... I don't want my kids to feel like they have to be a Red Sox fan. You know what I mean? And I'm, I was so far removed from like that initial sort of connection. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, that was, that was then this is now, you know, mm-hmm. like we're going to root for the hometown team. Um, we were back in the, in the Baltimore area. Um, so yeah. And then, so that was that I dropped them. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, here's the thing. My dad uh, is a New York Giants fan. And and I did a book report on Joe Namath in the second grade, and I was like, "This is the coolest guy I've ever seen." Yeah, yeah. So now I'm a Jets fan, uh, but I but I, I'm not. I don't hate the Giants, you know. I still sure. Yeah. Was was that always the dream to be a a sports writer? Yeah, I mean, I, I knew from a pretty early age that I, I wanted to be associated, like make a career somehow associated with sports. Mm-hmm. That I knew pretty early, like whether it was going to be play by play or whether it was going to be a beat writer or something like that. Like I I wanted to sort of pursue those passions, and so I would, you know, as a kid, I would go to a game, I would get a copy of the game notes from the press box, and then the next night I would try to call the game myself. And so, yeah, I mean, there was definitely a point in my time in my life for a lot of my youth where you would have been like, who would you want to be? And I would have said Bob Costas Um, as a play by play guy, as a host, you know, I used to have his Costas coast to coast radio show. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the more I kind of grew and developed and dabbled in that stuff versus um, the writing I was doing as well, I I just found that I had more of a passion for writing. Um, Mm. And the whole idea of being like a sports anchor, like once I kind of figured out what that really entailed, I was like, no, I I don't, I want to kind of go deeper than that. You know what I mean? I want to tell deeper stories than that. I want to have a different form than that. And I really, um, by my sophomore year at Syracuse, really by the end of my freshman year, I was like, I'm, I'm changing majors from um, broadcast journalism to newspaper. And that's, that's the route I went and got internships in newspapers. And I still think of myself as a newspaper person, as does, I I think, Tony, you know, and, and Will Bond and a lot of us, there's still that inner sort of beat writer columnist voice that I think guides you through all these different forms. At least it does for me. Yeah. I, I like reading your stuff. There's no fat in your stuff. When I read it, you know, you were, uh, it's like, I, I get what I need. There's no, there's no, there's nothing superfluous in it. And I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, uh, it's different going back to newspapers. Um, mm-hmm. Not that it's not online first, but there is still that written component. So it's not like when I was at CBS Sports and if I felt like writing 2,500 words, the internet is voluminous, right? Like the internet yeah. has no bounds. <laughs> yeah. like they might massage it a little bit, but pretty much if I wrote it, it was going in. Versus yeah. now it's cool to actually like, okay, like I'm only going to have 1,200 words here. It is what it is. Like, you know what I mean? Make it work. And there is a much higher degree of editing and infrastructure and all that, which 
I, I hadn't experienced. I mean, I've been out of newspapers since, I mean, I left the post in 09. So it's mm-hmm. a long time. A lot's changed since then. So it's really cool to be back there with, you know, with some of the editors, the same editors I had, you know, then Dan Steinberg was a colleague of me, mine now, like then now he's my editor. Like I send my Steinberg edits my stuff. So it's, it's cool. I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, and, and I think to work in the parameters, you have to get to the meat of the story. It's like when you mentioned Costas. I used to love his talk show later with because he did his research. I, I I mean, I try to be like him in this thing, this little show I'm doing now because he had his research. He knew he knew uh, about the guest. He he knew yes all that stuff. And I I just thought that was that made the interview more enjoyable for me. And I got I got to work with him a couple of times. I did a charity thing at Madison Square Garden for him. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, he he was he he was he was really cool, and I wanted to ask you when you started dabbling into different areas. Have you ever done play by play? Because a lot of guys that I love watching can't do it. Chris Berman, God bless him, play by play. I'm go- I'm going to hit myself in the head with a shovel. Yeah, I mean, not to any great degree. Like I would watch, you know, tape a game on a VHS, um, play it the next day, and see if I could call it. Uh, but not, I mean. Not really beyond that. I mean, at Syracuse, the stuff, it, you had to go through so many layers to get to call games there. Like, I barely got cleared to, like, do the morning news updates on WA. <laughs> you know, and I jumped out as a freshman. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people like Iron Eagle had just left. Like, I mean, there's such a pantheon yeah. of people there. So, like, you know, maybe by your late junior year, you're getting to call some lacrosse. And then as a senior, you know, maybe you get on hoops and basketball if you're the best of the best. But I just sort of found that I I much more enjoyed like what I was doing writing for the Daily Orange and then starting to to freelance um, for the Syracuse Post Standard. Um, I, I just kind of enjoyed that more. Yeah. Do you have a a, a a ritual or something you do to get into the zone? I mean, you know, you got you got three kids, you got dogs, you got people cleaning the house. You're doing an interview from your car, so it's tough to find yeah. that 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 space. Um. <sighs> I don't know. Like I was a beat writer for so many years. Like I wrote on deadline for so long. It's like a muscle. And once you develop it, it doesn't go away. So now that I like the deadlines are not nearly as firm, I still have that same sort of mentality. So, you know, if I, if I have an idea, I make a few phone calls. I I feel like I'm onto something. I'll, you know, I'll send Steinberg a text and say, here's what I'm thinking for, you know, a couple of days from now. What do you think? And if he's like, yeah, that's great. Like, I, I can write anywhere. You know what I mean? Like I, I could, I've, I mean, God bless I, you. I mean, I, I can remember doing a training camp tour when I got to CBS and they were late getting me a laptop and I was writing, you know, 2000 word training camp reports from a Blackberry <laughs> you know, like sitting in a rental car. So yeah, you just kind of like, once I know what I'm doing and the recording's done, for me to bang out 1200 words that I'm comfortable with, like it, it doesn't take me that long. And, you know, it's usually just me at the dining room table mm-hmm. and, you know, I look up and it's 45 minutes or an hour later and, you know, the first draft is good. And then, you know, I'll play with it for another hour. And then, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's fairly streamlined. Like, yeah. cause the reporting guides you, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if you, if you're talking to people and they're saying stuff and you're like, man, that's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. I didn't think of that. Um, and you already had sort of an inkling of a premise. It, it's not, you know, and, and a lot of these notebooks too, you know what I mean? Like it's a smaller item. So it, it's not like, you know, Billy Shakespeare himself couldn't write the hell out of, you know, a thousand word 
NFL insider notebook where, you know, you're going to have three items and none of them can be more than, you know, three, 400 words. Yeah. And it's about getting, it's about, you know, trying to be a little cheeky, you know, getting your shots in where you can, yeah. but like laying the stuff out. Let me ask you when you do your research, like when you're interviewing people, that's got, that's tricky for me because you have to maintain a relationship to get the information yet. You still have to get to the truth of the story and maybe they don't want it out. Is that a difficult thing? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely sort of a nuance. It's it, how well do you know that person? There's a lot mm -hmm. that goes into it. Is this an ongoing relationship? Is this a one-off? Right. Um, is this, you know, somebody who I really just need to confirm one small piece of information? Right. Or is this somebody who really has the whole story and I've got to pull the whole story out of them? Um, you know, that I just feel like, again, like to go back to the whole beat writing thing, when you're a beat writer and you're covering a team in the NFL and it's 53 guys plus a practice squad or it's, you know, hockey and it's, you know, whatever, 25 guys plus coaches and all that, you know, baseball, same thing. You're talking about between coaches and players, 30 guys, 30 different personalities, different backgrounds. You kind of just, you have to learn those skills, right? Like how to um, figure out the best time to talk to somebody is when they want to talk. to you. So part of it is reading the room, figuring right. out when's the time to take your shot not following the pack and the herd, finding a guy who people are sort of ignoring and figuring out, you know, a lot of it is just organizational. I'm, I don't, I'm not just thinking about what I'm writing for my deadline in five hours. I'm also planning out the rest of the week. And if that's going to be the, my best shot to get that guy now, I'm going to maximize it. Like there's just so much that goes into covering a team that mm -hmm. I think when you're outside of that daily grind on a beat and you're doing things like I'm doing now, where you're, you know, looking at the NFL for 40,000 feet for the Washington post or, you know, you're breaking down sort of the nuance of last night's Ravens game with any particular guest on the radio. Like you just kind of learn to shape shift um, and kind of, you know, you kind of figure out how to navigate things, how to maximize your opportunity with this person, how to sort of disarm them if need be. Right. Um, and it just in terms of the overall reporting thing, I mean, a lot of it, it's, it's a relationship business and you, you figure out who you can trust because people have agendas and, and you figure out, you know, who really trusts you. And then you can get to a point where um, it's, it's not really even a reporter, like executive or reporter coach relationship. It's this constant exchange of ideas. You know what I mean? And Hey, I yeah. thought of this and Hey, I thought of that, you know, a game's over and they're calling you three while you're dialing them. You know what I mean? To say, Hey, what did you think of this? what did you think of that? So it's, it, it, you know, it, it's sort of, so many different sort of um, areas to it. You know, uh, some guests we have on the show, it's like Tony, you know what I mean? Like there's some guests we have on our radio show that as soon as they come on, we're just continuing an ongoing conversation. There's other people who come on who maybe I've never, I don't know at all. I've never met before. You know, I'm talking to them just about a particular thing. And that's a very different conversation. Right. Yeah. Let me ask you in that relationship, because I'm always of the mind that if something is leaked, somebody wanted it leaked, you know? Well, I mean, there's just, there's a difference between somebody whispering a, a contract signing mm -hmm. that's going to get out, you know, on a press release within the next three minutes anyway. Right. And somebody reporting on the significance of an injury or a potential trade or a potential suspension or a potential firing, like, where it's very different. And and so like, is this just a, 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 you know, I'm getting a transaction 30 seconds before everybody else on the tech stream gets it or 
you know, two minutes before the PR guy sends it out to everybody? Mm-hmm. Or, or is this something that um, has multiple layers to it, could affect people in different ways? And, you know, there's a degree of sensitivity that I think some things require that a lot of people will just treat the same way that they treat that text from an agent about, you know, five years, 25 million. Like mm-hmm. they'll just regurgitate it, they'll spit it out because that's what they have to do to stay on the gravy train. That's how it works. And if you don't do it that way, plenty of other people will. So it's a, it's a dirty business, man. I mean, it, it <laughs> yeah. really is like, it's, you know, and yeah, everybody has an agenda and, and people have, you know, they have certain people who they feel like they're the puppet master of. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, whatever narrative we need out there, we're going to get it out there. And because it's on that platform, people are going to give it some degree of credibility. Yeah. Is there, do you find that from individuals or is there organizational pressure? Cause you know, you're working for, you know, CBS is, they got the games. You're like, Jason, let's talk this one up a little bit, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, like there are definitely all these relationships. I mean, they're, they're massive financial arrangements, sure. right? Like these are, corporation the nfl is a corporation you know cbs corporation um all the espn slash disney whatever corporation so yeah i mean i I, like you'd have to be really naive to think that there aren't certain times where you know you you may have to sit on your hands a little bit or the juice just isn't worth the squeeze or if you do go there you've got to be super careful you know in in how you frame it which is another reason that I really enjoy like the news side of things now, like I'm doing gambling stuff for CBS, which I love um, on the sports line side and on the HQ side. Um, but the only people I'm doing nuts and bolts reporting for is the Washington post. Mm-hmm. They don't have a fiduciary arrangement with the NFL. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like there aren't, there, are, there isn't a boogeyman, you know what I mean? It isn't like, Hey, that may be true, but let somebody else, you know what I mean? Handle that one. It's it's not that sort of arrangement, which I love. I'm I'm really glad to be back in that sort of situation. Yeah, and it's 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 also it, there's also you still got to maintain your integrity, and that that's the balance in you know anything when you work for a corporation. Yeah. You know, it's 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 the whole story of looking in the mirror at the end of the day. You know, you got to be you got to be okay with that. And I I love yeah. the gambling stuff you do too. And I did take a bath because I took your your DAC prop bet of over two hundred and fifty oh. passing yards. Hey, well I hope you also took you know forty ers to cover minus four. And I did, so thank you. The uh, the gambling thing now. What what I wanted to ask you about gambling now because it's uh you can do it because it's out of the shadows anymore, which kind of takes the oh, yeah. romance out of it for me, yeah. Jason. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to have a guy anymore. You've got 50 apps. Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to have a real bookie. It was great. It was, it was fun. Um, But the, the NF, I don't know why the NFL doesn't spend the money on professional referees just to make the appearance of, you know, this money being changed. Something's going to happen. Yeah. I I think um, there's going to be increasing pressure on that. There's going to be increasing pressure, I think on having more, um, eye in the sky at yeah. the at the stadium uh instant replay dedicated mm-hmm. to just that game not you know 11 games in a 1 p.m window and everything's coming out of central command in new york you know where they're a little bit understaffed on that side so i think there's gonna have to be things that are tuned up i mean we saw you know the chain gang we saw a chain mm-hmm. you know, a game delayed because a chain snapped off yeah so what are we doing here 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like how, how, how do we not have, and I know they've been working on it and I've reported on it. You hear the same things all the time. They can't use the same stuff that tennis does. No, because tennis, somebody can serve a ball 108 miles an hour and they can tell you within a fraction of an inch mm-hmm. whether it was on that line or off of it. But football, it's like, well, all the bodies and the laser things don't work the same way as they do in tennis because the ball's under, you know, five, 300-pound guys and this or that. But, I mean, with what they have with next-gen stats and the way they're able to capture, you know, 3D renderings of all these things in real time while people are moving around spatially, like, there's got to be a better way to spot the ball. There's got to be a better way to know if that definitely was a first down. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That some 65-year-old lawyer who, yeah, he's been doing this a long time, but he looks at it for half a second and says this is where, like, yeah, that yeah. we're going to spot it here and away we go. Like, yeah. like really? Like, are we sure? Like, do we, are we are we sure we're sure? <laughs> you know, whether it's chips <laughs> in the pylons or I don't even know. Maybe you need to just have these sort of pylon-like stanchions every you know, on the sidelines every 10 yards, you know what I mean? That are locked in and you really know, and there's a chip in the ball and you absolutely know, you know, if it broke that plate or not. I mean, I don't think technology can cure everything, but yeah, I think there's going as now it's not just, you know, on, as you said in the shadows and they're taking in hundreds of millions of dollars and all yeah. these gambling sponsorships and gambling advertising then like, yeah, there's going to be more pressure than ever to like step up right. their game in terms of, yeah, in terms of the accuracy and the accountability. And and I mean, I, I just tend to think in general that not that replays a cure-all, it's certainly not, but well-executed replay on some of these judgment calls may, may have to become more of a, of a factor. You know, some of these pat, roughing the passer calls that, well, yeah, those those are all subjective. That's a pain in the ass. Right. That's all subjective, and and I this is what I don't understand. You know, th- your your identity is connected to your team is one thing, but now there's money on the line. Yeah, <laughs> and there's also um there's also like the the player safety. That's why it shifted to an offensive league. You know, one it, it's more profitable when people score, yes. and and it's it's easier to to advance than to stop. When you stop somebody, you got to put force against force, and that's where injuries happen. You know, so they're moving yeah. that towards that. So something's got to happen with that roughing the passer because it's, it's just out of control and it's it's causing the the shift in a lot of games. And like I said, money's on the line, Ben. Yeah, and there has to be a standard. You know what I mean? And it's diff- Again, it's hard. I I get it, but I I just think you're going to see the video element become yeah. bigger. You yeah. know, more and it's it's more it's, a part of these decisions. And I think it has to be to maintain the the illusion of fairness, if you will. And it's the other thing about the NFL. It's a monster, and it's the blind uh, the Brian Flores lawsuit, you know, which they want to move that towards arbitration, which means oh, yeah. okay, we're, we're going to push this into our court, and the public's not going to see anything about it. I that just that just pisses me off because it just it puts doubt on the whole organization of the game I love. Well, they don't want anything to go to discovery. I mean, it's John, the John Gruden lawsuit. Like, yeah, as despicable as everything that he wrote, if you think he's the only person writing that stuff, like, yeah. you're out of your They don't want their emails to become public. They don't want, you know, have to turn over 100,000 pages of documents about every email sent from, a, you know, from the league office in a five-year period. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and yeah, the Flores thing is the same thing. I mean, they they don't. These owners talk. There's people send text messages. These 
like they don't want the public to have a portal into what's happened in the shadows. And yeah, I don't know the outcome of either of those cases. Um, you know, they're all, they're obviously ongoing, but if you reach, uh, my suspicion is because history would say this is the case, the, the rule, mm-hmm. unless someone is really stuck in, if we reach a point where it looks like we're headed to discovery, then that's when you see ridiculous settlements. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's when all yeah. of a sudden $250 million to John Gruden. Hey, well, you divide that by 32 over the span of 10 years and we're all billionaires anyway. That's chump change. Like, yeah, you know, like let's just let's just do it and we'll make sure we'll squash this thing. You yeah. know, and you sign an NDA and we sign an NDA and nobody's the wiser. Like that's yeah. you know, but with Flores, I mean that there's I don't know, you know what I mean? Like I guess everybody has a number, but I really don't think with Brian Flores that that's about getting the biggest payout in NFL history. I yeah. think it's about illuminating this culture that has allowed a lack of diversity, a lack of equality, a lack of opportunity to be available for certain people who don't look like the billionaires themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a sad state of affairs that I, 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 I'm very conscious of that. And, but I still watch every week, you know, I, uh, I we all know. do. I mean, it's, it's become interwoven with the fabric of this culture, man. They have, they have put themselves up um, to where it's, it's America's game. Right. I mean, they even, they, they took yeah. it over from baseball and yeah. you know they, they do the documentaries america's game you know every year with the super bowl winner and you know what they're right it is yeah and i'm a jets fan that i'm in an abusive relationship jason that's oh, not easy yeah. it's nothing not much good has come of that uh ever really i will take all right since, since beat my colts before i was born <laughs> yeah burt jones i remember i had a burt jones jersey when i was a kid because i thought it was really cool he won numbers he wore number seven all right yes. let me ask you about the jets I, uh, what quarterback are we going to, uh, you think they're going to go after Derek Carr? Well, it's, I, I'm actually was working on a column, uh, before I had to pack up and get out of my house. Uh, <laughs> and I was actually, you know, sort of connecting some dots and I, you know, we talked, spent some time on the phone with the GM this morning. Who I'm pretty close with. And we're like, all right, let's, let's do a thought exercise here. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's say Brock Purdy poops the bed in Philadelphia. Right. You know, and he looks like a, a developmental quarterback. And they're not asking them to do much, and they still got to the championship game. So let's put Tom Brady there just for bleeps and giggles, right? Okay. Let's say that Tom Brady ends up there. What do we think the rest of the quarterback landscape would look like? And, uh, yeah, we, 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 we put Derek Carr to the Jets. Yeah, I'd rather have Derek. I don't. I don't want Aaron Rodgers. I don't want that th- that, that show coming out. And I don't think York. he wants any part of that media core, of that limelight. Nah. He spent his whole life in Green Bay. He could do whatever the hell he wanted, and nobody cared. Yeah. You know, like it, I, I think uh, I could see him in Vegas. Okay, reunited with Devonte Adams. Yeah, I could. I don't want, want to give away my whole column, so I'm. No, I understand. <laughs> it's, it's, it's two guys talking in a car, Jason. That's all. But, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I think you can kind of start to see some dominoes uh, fall. You know, there's things that start to make a little more sense. But I mean, the Brady thing is is obviously. Um, you know, he's a free agent, so you don't have to give up anything for him. You just got to want right. him as much as he wants you. I don't think there's that many places he really wants to go. Um, but, uh, you know, I think for him to go home to San Francisco, like even if they just ask him, just bro, we're only going to throw the ball 24 times a game. We got a yeah. great offensive line. We can run the ball. We've got a number one defense in football. Um, just be good in the red zone. 
uh, don't turn it over. Like, I mean, go back and watch Peyton Manning in Denver. I mean, he won a Super Bowl, but I mean, they won the Super Bowl despite him. Oh, he lost yeah. his job to Brock Osweiler. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't pretty, but that Lombardi was great at the end. And Brady's certainly better now than Manning was then. He didn't have the, ne- you know, the neck and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's healthier, and he's, uh, you know, I think in a different sort of shape. Like, I think he stays in shape year-round in a way that I don't – I think Peyton kept his arm in shape, but I don't think, you know, Peyton Manning was eating avocado ice cream and, you know, TB12 and, you know, yeah. 20, you know 24-7, 365, um, wedded to football first. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it could make – I think, it, you know, it could make some sense. So Vegas would also make sense. Miami would make sense. Miami is um, what I wanted to ask you about. Because he he had to deal with uh you know they got the they got slapped with the tampering charge but he had to deal with Peyton yep. to both go to Miami and yeah and look I I think Miami will probably bring in another quarterback either way um you know whether Tua does really keep playing or not and I, they're going to need some insurance there and you're right he's already lost a draft pick to mm-hmm. not get Tom Brady and yeah. Sean Payton I just don't know what Brady thinks of that coach I I don't know um you know, how that relationship might work. Uh, the defense needs a lot of work. Yeah. It's a tough division. Um, does he want to do the whole Belichick thing twice a year? You know, uh, I think San Francisco, I think if you gave him truth, Sam, San Francisco would be his number one. Yeah, but he's only going to get, they're only going to get him for a year. I mean, maybe two, but I, you know. Yeah, I mean, it'll probably be a three-year deal for cap purposes and, you know, avoidable mm-hmm. years. You know, you do some things. And he'll he doesn't care. Like, unlike these other guys, like unlike Aaron Rodgers, he's not gonna squeeze every penny he can get. He right. he will do a cap friendly deal because he's he just wants to win. Yeah. And he's he got more money than he can ever spend anyway. I wish I had that problem. Even with crypto falling apart, I think Tom Brady's probably still all right. Yeah. The the kid did fine. Yeah. They did well for both. What's next for you, my friend? Um driving to the radio station. And, uh, <laughs> I've got to write. Uh, I got to write a best bets column for Sportsline uh, before I go on air, and then tomorrow I will knock out my column for the Post on the uh, that quarterback roulette and uh, some coaching, some coaching rumblings I'm hearing as well. Very cool. This is probably going to drop before the Super Bowl. Give me your Super Bowl prediction. Who's going to be in and who's going to win? Um, I I like Cincinnati and I like Philadelphia in these games this weekend. Um, and I, I just think this Joe Burrow thing, man, I think this is Joe Montana 2.0. And I, mm-hmm. I know the offensive line isn't ideal and all that, but they were there a year ago. They're battle tested. This is going to be a different jump for a lot of these Eagles players. Um, I love the defensive coordinator, the Bengals, Lou Anarumo. I, I'm, I'm, on one hand, I'm surprised he's not interviewing for all these jobs. On the other hand, I'm not surprised because he doesn't have a whole hype campaign behind him and he doesn't. You know, it's not sexy, and it's a defensive side of the ball, this or that. But they just – they don't give up more yeah. than 24 points in the playoffs now. They they don't. And, you know, they, they get to 27, and they win. And Eagles are a great team. I mean, I think it'd be a really interesting Super Bowl, but there's just something about this Bengals team, man. I, I just think they get off on being the underdog. They'd be the underdog in that game too. Um, and it's rare. I mean, a team that loses a Super Bowl comes back and wins it the next year. But there's just something about Joe Burrow. I, I, I just – I, I, he's special. 
Yeah. And they've got a lot of talent. So I, I lead to the Bengals. Yeah. And I don't I, just say that because I, I'm sitting on three different futures tickets on the other one, the Super Bowl <laughs> from various points in time. Uh, although maybe I am. I got the same thing as you. I got uh, I got Cincinnati uh, beating uh, a one-legged Mahomes in Kansas City, and I got the Eagles in the Super Bowl, but I got the Eagles winning. I just, that offensive yeah. line, I think Burroughs is special, but they're going to get to him. Yeah. No, I mean, look, the trench is there. You would give the advantage to uh, – to the Eagles, but um, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it'd be interesting. They really leaned into a lot of short passes. You know, I think they doubled their season average uh, pass attempts from zero to five yards. Yeah, in that game against Buffalo versus what they'd done on the year, and and I think they've got enough players where they can stay in a game that way. Um, and I just think Joe Burrow in the fourth quarter, it's ridiculous. He's he's the best fourth quarter quarterback in the NFL. You look at the three games he's played against the Chiefs. He's outscored them ten nothing, ten three, and three nothing in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, comeback wins. I just think if they're able to keep it close, he wins that game. Yeah, but it's toss up. Yeah. Well, it's. Uh, I can't thank you enough for making this work, my friend. I really appreciate you. Thank for your talk. flexibility. No problem. Best to you and your family. Continued success. Likewise. Thank you, my friend. Hi, this is Jason Lockenfora, and that's 30 Minutes I'll Never Get Back. He's a good guy. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I Jason, like talking to him. Yeah. Jason is one of my favorite people. I was so – I've known him for like 20 years, mm-hmm. uh, and and I love hearing you guys chat. So that that was really cool for me to kick back and, uh, and let you guys catch up, man. That was a lot of fun. He really is a great dude. Yeah, and he did it from his car, honey. I, I, he had the cleaning. He goes, ah, the cleaning people here, the dogs are barking. I said, get in your car. And he did. <laughs> he drove around the corner. Yeah. It's so funny. I love that he gets it, that it's all about relationships. The business, yeah. Well, anything. Yeah. Well, that's why I asked him. I said, because, you know, there's, you know, the NFL network has, you know, for lack of a better word, state-sponsored media, you know, which is their own right. channel. So you got to say that, you know, that's the guy signing your checks. How objective can you be? You know, you're really not a member of the fourth estate. You're right. on the payroll. He was talking like a real journalist. I love that. Yeah. You know. I know you oh. couldn't see it, though. He was sitting in his car with a fedora and it said press. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, I mean, he, yeah, he really is a great reporter. I mean, mm-hmm. as a guy that lived in Washington, he used to cover the Washington Capitals. Then he covered the football team. And then he went on to CBS NFL, you know, network and all that kind of stuff. And it's been fun watching his career. But I think, like he was talking about it, I mean, he's a reporter. I think you're a mm-hmm. journalist, and you think of yourself first and foremost as that kind of stuff. I know Kornheiser does. Yeah. Like, he he still think if you if you don't have to put a gun to his head. You just talk to him about his career. That's what he identifies with as as a writer. I think when you, when you choose that profession or that profession – chooses you mm-hmm. i think that is your identity through like your entire life yeah i get that i mean a lot of people know me as an actor they know me from top gear but in my in my head i'm a comic actually in my head right. i'm a grown man but i'm a i'm, I'm a 13 year old boy <laughs> you know what i thought was funny what it, like he was uh rooting for a certain team mm-hmm. and then he moved and so he was rooting for the same team and then he had kids and he's like I can't make my kids root for a team that they don't live. Yeah, I don't want to inflict this on my kids. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Well, that was weird because I'm a Jets fan because I did a report on Joe Namath. My dad was a Giants fan growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, in the second grade, I did a report on Joe Namath. I'm like, this is the coolest guy I ever saw. And, you know, my father was like, fine, they both losing. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you take that one, I'll take this yeah, one. But I don't hate the Giants. A lot of New York people, you know, it's, it's either it's one big, or the other. Big rival. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I could kill this. But, th- but that's important for a kid. 
like if you right so they live in baltimore mm -hmm. and they're growing up as orioles fans now then you got something with your fellow classmates mm -hmm. yeah not sort yeah. of like this isolated kid be like Who's the weird Red Sox fan? Like, what's your deal, man? That's that's just good parenting, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, just and I say that as a Red Sox fan. You know, I hate to lose, hate to lose Jason on on the the fan the bandwagon, but you got to do that for your kids, man. Well, why did Pop like football so much? He played it. He played football when he was a kid, um, and it was the one time that uh, he would sit down on. He, he was always working like that. Mm -hmm. Where do you think I get it from? You know, <laughs> the, the music in my head is the Bugs Bunny work music. <laughs> We're taping Monday. I was watching the playoffs yesterday. I said, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch the playoffs. Couldn't do it. I couldn't. You know, I was like, halftime. I'm like, oh, I'll just, just get this. I'll just write this, this email during the halftime. You know, and next thing you know, you're working. You know, I can't shut it off. My father shut it off during football. Mm -hmm. or try to. He would have two TVs, right? He would have the big Zenith Whoa. downstairs yeah. and then the little black and white one he took out of his bedroom. And he put <laughs> that one on top and they both worked. And that's what... <laughs> hey, he started that. Yeah. And that's, that's, what cool. he, that's what he would do. So it was... That, Sports that's Center. Why, yeah, that's why football is so... It's soothing for me, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. I even when I had Joe Buck on the show, I was telling him there's a rhythm to football. You wouldn't think it. You're around the house like, son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like you own the team. It's a, no, I don't own the team, but they owe me money. I made a choice. <laughs> they got to do what I want them to do to get my money. And quite frankly, I never knew there was so much scandal. Oh, they, all the drama. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like, it, wow, it's like a telenovela. Yeah, it is. Yeah, well, they, they, have, their own, they have their own court system. Uh -huh. You know, if you're going to sue the NFL, now nah, you got to sign this, but we got to go to arbitration. Arbitration means they don't want anybody to know what's going on. It's like no one yeah. wants to the release their email. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no you PC don't want discovery and be like okay let's open up the books and see what's really good yeah they don't want that <laughs> no, 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 no 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 you know how we were talking about change yeah. to start the show mm -hmm. um alex could you maybe help me out with something mm -hmm. could you help adam change his outlook on life so that he can have a little bit more fun and maybe turn off the work mode so we can actually enjoy a football game mm. could can we work on that, maybe? It's all about timing. It's mm -hmm. when I tell him, how I tell him. What are you listening to? The rain? Yeah. Do you think it's coming? No, I hear it in the mics. It's pouring here, and I can hear it in the mics. So if you guys hear it, that's what's happening. It's raining in Southern California. <laughs> you, you, you're such a New Yorker. Why? It rains here, too. Well, not, not according to the song. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Adam. It never rains in Southern California. All right. We'll just take that as law. All right. Fine. Okay. But I interrupted you. Okay. So the timing thing to get me to enjoy life. <laughs> okay. See, Stern? That's part of my problem. <laughs> he has an answer for everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. he. You know what it comes down to? He has to want to change like anything else. And I always say to him, make life curious, make life interesting, and be interested in it. I want, Well, I, I actually did try to make it curious. I'm like, how's life going to kill me today? That's the question. <laughs> mm. Okay, he's all yours, Stern. Okay, I, I'll yeah. tell you what. No, you're, you're not wrong. I, am, I, I found, I actually found a thing that helped me with change because this is what I came up with. I changed the word change to evolution because now I got evolved into the next, whatever the next thing is. I think change in general is good, but I think sometimes too much change, particularly when it comes to my beloved sports, mm -hmm. they try and fix everything and make it perfect. You know, you know, talking about having robot umpires in baseball. I'm sorry. I like that they miss calls in football. Mm. I like that they miss calls in baseball. I, yes, I you like know why? Because you don't bet. That's why.
Well, that's part of it. But I also think that that's indicative of life. Life is messy. Life is imperfection. And mm-hmm. I like that reflected in the things we watch. I like that you can have an argument for, like, eternity about, did Franco Harris catch that ball or didn't he? Mm-hmm. You know, I love that there's unknowns and uncertainties. I think See, it's also your background, too, and what, what, you used to, what you used to. Like, you can have an eternal argument in my family over nothing. They don't need Franco Harris. <laughs> they just like to argue. They'll argue with each other over nothing. That's what I'm used to. <laughs> with a New York accent. How, first of all, and how funny... Is, oh is the Baltimore accent. <laughs> hey there, hon. Let's go get some crab cakes and watch the O's. Makes me laugh every time. <laughs> so good. And despite all of the flaws in sports, and particularly in football, mm-hmm. missed calls and all these things, guess what? I'm still watching it. Every You're week. You're still watching it. Every and week. Everybody is watching it every week. I, I saw this report the other day, last year, 2022, top 100 from last year, 82 of the 100 were football. Wow. And that's a new record up from all the way back in 2021 mm-hmm. when it was 75 were football related. When we talk about football is the king of everything, I don't think people really understand how dominant it is. That It's the king of TV. It's yeah. insane. I'm watching it every week, Stern. And out of those 82 top 100 broadcasts, I got screwed 81 times. <laughs> 81 <laughs> times. <laughs> Running a ball on third and eight. What the hell's the matter with you? Yeah. This is killing me. Yep. Yeah. I know. But I watch. And, and, and I don't agree with a lot of it. Here's what really bothers me about the NFL. You get drafted on a rookie contract. You can only make X amount of money for three years. Then you get paid. Really? I got to risk my body after I've worked this whole time just to make the money you deem me appropriate? That really pisses me off. <laughs> Adam, yes. you sound like you're playing on a football team. I, please. <laughs> it just bothers me. <laughs> I would say this. The amount of money that they get for those three years, if they do get drafted, mm-hmm. it's not 40 bucks. Like, they're making a really good chunk of change. Yeah, but that you got to realize this, this whole life is devoted to making this. And God forbid he gets he goes into concussion protocol and they're not going to let him play. He's not going to get that big payday. That's What's he going like to do? Baseball. There's all guaranteed contracts. Yeah. The NBA. If I, was, if I were taller, like maybe by like a foot, I'd play basketball. Yeah, but you got a lot more problems than that. That's true. My lack of athleticism really kind of holds me back. Yeah, well, there's that. Adam, I like your heart. What? You're you're caring for the players. I am. Nice. Yes. And I don't like anyone that has their own policing system, you know? Like Disney? Yeah, like Disney, the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) Scary. Yeah. (laughs) You don't want Goofy as a a judge or something. That's all we need. I could just see going to Disney court, you know. <laughs> Listen, Mickey, Your Honor, Mick over- off with his head. <laughs> off with his head. <laughs> off with his head. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're so guilty after all. You're so guilty after all. And it never ends. The song never ends. <laughs> You're so guilty after They're all. all. Yeah. <laughs> Too funny. I want to thank Jason Lockerford for being uh, my guest. Uh, you can read him uh, in the Washington Post, and you can hear him on uh, 105.7 The Fan. Uh, honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Anna Ferrari at Gmail. Uh, thank you guys so much uh, for uh, telling people you know about the show. If you could tell 1,143 people about the show, that'll help us. And, of course, if you could leave us a review, that helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. 
We are all in this together, brothers and sisters, so please share the road. And remember that life is hard, so you take it easy on yourself. The part is ended. Go in peace. I don't think Pop's a butterfly because Pop didn't like change. I think, if anything, Pop's an angry caterpillar. <laughs> I'm not crawling into any cocoon. I ain't changing. Get out of here with your pupa stage and your chrysalis crap. I'm going to stay on this tree and eat this leaf. I just saw a caterpillar smoking a lucky stripe. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.